Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast Holiday Edition. Here we are just a couple weeks before Christmas, and we are going through Advent this entire month. And so this week, we are going to highlight the Shepherd's Candle, which is the Candle of Joy. And what you're going to hear, as you've been hearing all month, are the audio excerpts from a larger project that my wife Susie and I are doing called the Advent Experience. If you want to jump on board with the Advent Experience, what it is, is every Sunday you get a video. That video includes some music, and that it includes about a 15 to 20 minute guided devotion, and then some more music for you to answer some reflection questions. Great thing to either do by yourself, with your family, with your loved one, and then there's a downloadable PDF that has the devotional, the questions, a prayer, the Bible verses, the whole nine yards. I know you're a couple weeks behind, so you're thinking that doesn't even make any sense, but we'll get you caught up right away. So again, that's on my website at mattkinzera.com. Also on the website, if you're looking for a good stocking stuffer, the book Bring It Home is available there. Just head over to the website, click on the image, and it'll get you over to Amazon to make sure you get the book in plenty of time for the holidays. But with no further ado, enjoy this audio section of the Advent Experience focused on week three of Advent, which is represented by a pink candle, which is a shepherd's candle representing joy. Christmas is just what it is. As we start week three, We'll start with a scripture verse like we have the first couple of weeks. And this week, it's Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. The shepherds and the angels. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, as we think about this idea of joy, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind is back when we got married, which was a number of years ago at this point. I'm glad that's your earliest memory of joy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or is it your latest memory of joy? Uh, well, I hope not. I hope not. No, it's one of the most profound memories okay. of joy that I have. Because for those of you who are married, you remember that moment when you see each other for the first time during the ceremony, right? And so we got married in this old Catholic church in Janesville, Wisconsin. And I remember that I was up front. We can't, It was kind of a traditional beginning to a ceremony. And so I'm up front in my tuxedo with the guys next to me. And then I'll never forget, they open up the door to the back. And then I see Susie in her wedding gown for the first time. And my smile, like I was so filled with joy in that moment, I was smiling so big that I wasn't capable of smiling anymore. (laughs) So I actually started giggling. And I remember I was standing out there. Luckily, everybody looks at the bride at that part of a wedding. Nobody was staring at me. But I was literally laughing to the point like where my shoulders were like going up and down because I was just so filled with joy. And I think that joy, like we we were engaged for a year and a half. We were together for three years before we got married. And so it's safe to say that there was a fair amount of anticipation. A lot of anticipation. That led up to that moment. So three years in the making, you get to that point when you're finally going to commit your lives to one another officially. 
and then that moment happens and the anticipation just of Susie walking down the aisle and us actually going through the ceremony just filled me with so much joy that I literally started laughing. Probably, oh you were probably, I think you were probably halfway, three quarters of the way down the aisle before I stopped giggling. And I think what made me stop giggling is my dad was actually crying. <laughs> and so then it's like, oh, then I think that was probably the moment where finally I was like able to like contain my joy and, and get a little focused on know. what we were doing. We were talking about anticipation on our walk this morning and how it's connected to joy. And it's such a beautiful thing. There's so many things I can recall that have brought joy to me. The birth of my kids, the first time you said you love me, even though you shut the door right away, <laughs> was really quick. I didn't get a chance to respond. Matt so was like, Susie, I love you. And I was like, you love me? You know? I didn't have a car, which is super attractive, by the way. <laughs> and Susie drove me back up to my dorm room. And I was feeling, I mean, I loved Susie before she even knew I existed, I'm pretty sure. And so then I get out of the car and I said, love you. And I slammed the door shut. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to respond. but I wasn't going to give her a chance to respond just in I, case she didn't. I remember feeling it within that first week of us dating. I was like, you can't tell a person you love them in week one or when you you're can. dating them. <laughs> but I was so overjoyed when he did it and I was anticipating that moment. I didn't know it would look like that, but it still was glorious and beautiful. And I think anytime we feel seen or loved or accepted, there is just joy that comes with that kind of feeling. So I think all of us have anticipated moments in our life where it's just this kind of common walk to this joyful moment, like our wedding day. So I would even argue that that whole year of anticipating and making plans for our wedding, most of it was filled with such joy because there was such anticipation. Yeah. And I love that you said in there too, Susie, that idea of, you know, it's when you're seen and when you're, you're heard and when you're accepted and loved kind of, and for us, that was, you know, so magical and such a amazing moment. And it does really, it does apply to what we're talking about this week with the shepherd's candle, because the shepherds, now just follow me through here so you see where I'm going, but the shepherds were in a bit of a dead-end job. In a lot of ways, they had failed out of a few things to get to this point in life. And I know a lot of times we think of the shepherds because of the portrayal that we've seen of them, like they're dirty and dingy, but that wasn't necessarily the case. They were, they were just kind of middle-class citizens, middle-class Jewish citizens. Their job was actually really important to the temple because there was a sacrificial system going on. So the Jewish shepherds were very, very important, but they'd kind of reached this point where likely the shepherds that were involved in this story, they were going to be in that position mm -hmm. for, you know, possibly the remainder of their life. And I think about Maybe a lot of- Maybe they were born into it. That's just what their family did. Yeah. Likely know? there was something yeah. to be said about that as well. And I think about a lot of the people that, you know, Susie and I are in our forties at this point and you start to look around and you see people who have been in the same job for a long time. That doesn't apply to us, but you see people who've been in similar jobs for a long period of time or the same career. And you can sense that after a couple of decades, it starts kind of wearing on, on you them. a little bit. It's yeah. not that you don't enjoy it. It's just that maybe you're, you know, you're getting a little tired of doing the same old thing over and over and over. And I think that is a similar spot that these shepherds were likely in that, you know, jobs, life. I mean, we talk about this all the time, like 
we get married, I'm laughing as Susie's walking down the aisle. There's all this anticipation. And then one by one, things kind of knock that joy out of yeah, your you get, life. You kind of get weary. Like you just get lost in career, children, life, paying hardship, a mortgage, yeah, just whatever comes at you, you disappointments, know? you know, because you anticipate marriage. And then when you're married for a while, you realize Be that careful. it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes with its ups and downs, as we all know. And so, you know, life does have a tendency, if we're not careful, life has a tendency to really wear us down, which is why, again, follow me through on this, why I'm so excited about week three of Advent. Traditionally, if you grew up in, a, in an environment where Advent was celebrated, maybe you remember that the third week, the candle's a different color. Uh-oh. So the first no. two weeks, the prophecy candle, and then the they're second week where we have the Bethlehem candle, they're purple. purple. Mm -hmm. And that's because they're reflective, kind of introspective weeks. The, the theme is very reflective and introspective. When we get to week three, the candle is pink, and it's meant to stand out because it's meant to... Anticipation, something's coming. Yeah, something we exciting is coming. It's celebrating in a different way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so again, the shepherds had this job very, very important in the Jewish culture. But here's the interesting thing. They were often looked down upon because remember Jewish people and the Jewish religion, especially at the time, really focused on getting all the rules right. When you see Jesus' life, he talks a lot about that. He's always dealing with all the rules that were in place. And so the shepherds, they had a, you know, seven day a week job. You can't just like give the give the sheep a day off. And so <laughs> one of the rules that shepherds couldn't follow is the Sabbath. They couldn't observe the Sabbath because you can't just let sheep just, just leave roam the sheep. around, so I hear. <laughs> and so they were kind of looked down upon, especially by the religious leaders, because they weren't able to always keep up with all of the Jewish laws. And so it's safe to say they're in a little bit of a dead-end job. They're looked down upon. So they're probably not feeling like the greatest about life. They're probably, probably not feeling, feeling seen. They're probably not really feeling there seen. There you go. So they're not feeling this idea of being seen. They're not feeling like they're loved. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves on some, this to tell me if I'm crazy here, Susie, but it seems to me that there's something that's universal about human beings. And that is we struggle a bit with, with feeling like we're valuable enough, struggling that we're worth enough, struggling maybe that we fit in. We all have some of these self-worth issues that we have to deal with. And so in a lot of ways, I can see how, you know, we represent the shepherds in a lot of ways. And so imagine feeling a little bit like you're in a dead end job, feeling a little bit like you're not good enough, right? Because you can't keep up with the Jewish laws. Suddenly an angel appears like this heavenly creature, as we've seen, right, over and over and over, these angels keep showing up in this story, which we're going to talk more about next week. But these angels appear to the shepherds. Not only do they appear to them, but the angel gives them an invitation. And the invitation is what Susie read out of the book of Luke in chapter 2, this invitation that they actually get to go see this baby who is a sa the savior of the world. They got they got a oh they got like a the best baby shower invitation that's ever been <laughs> handed out. And so can you imagine just kind of humdrum life interrupted by angels getting arguably one of the greatest invitations out of all of humanity. Yeah. The only thing and I think I experienced joy when you were walking down the aisle. I, I mean, know. I wonder if, if their shoulders were 
we're going up and down a little. Just, like, what just happened? Or were they, happened? like, laughing? Like, what? Us? What? Yeah, I wonder if they were, like, just struggling even to compute what was going on. <laughs> and, but what I love about the story is that, to me, it represents that Jesus didn't just come for the people who had it all together. Jesus came for all of us. So whether it was the shepherds who struggled to see their worth, whether it's us who struggled to see our worth, like we're all in the same place that Jesus has come for all of us. And I don't want to steal your thunder because this steal was... Steal away. This was one of your thoughts that I just thought was so beautiful to the story. You know, they... So they go. They go on this journey. And, and they talked it out ahead of time, which I thought was interesting. They like contemplated whether they should go. And I don't know if they were worried about leaving the sheep or what it was, but it says that they, they get together and talked about if they should go. And then they did. So Matt had this, this thought. He's like, do you think they thought a lot of other people were invited to come? Do you think the angel went and invited a lot of other people? And were they like, well, you know, who are we? We'll just show up. We'll be in the background somewhere. Maybe we won't even get to see mm -hmm. the baby because all these people are going to be coming. I yeah, don't know what I, the angel communicated to them, but I it, love the idea of this thought of like, they got there and it was a very quiet, private, selected, selective few yeah, that got like to be get, in the presence of God. Right. If you get invited to a wedding or a baby shower, you naturally assume it's a party. It's Lots a party and there's going to be a lot of people there. So yeah. I would imagine in my mind, as I was thinking about this, I was like, I bet they assumed all of the religious leaders who were really good at following the laws. I bet they assumed that they were going to be there as well. So I can imagine like the maybe the shock or the amazement when they realized that they were the only ones that got the invite. Right. Like, as far as we know, biblically speaking, the only ones invited were, were the, the shepherds. shepherds, which sets up the story for all of us, right? It sets up that story that we're all worth it. We all have value. We're all, you know, we all are good enough to be invited. in the presence of Jesus and to be invited. And to me, this kind of leads into the second part. So the first part about joy is the anticipation, right? The second part that is really important about joy is gratitude because when they got there and they realized that they didn't have to look over anybody's shoulder to see the baby Jesus, imagine the overwhelming amount of gratitude that they must have felt to know that they were the chosen few and I'm not sure that they understood what, what they were experiencing, but to feel like you're the chosen few to be able to experience the birth of Jesus had to bring about just such an overwhelming feeling of gratitude. And as we talked about this on our walk, it seems to me, and, and I can only speak for my own life, and I think you would back me up on this, that gratitude is like the foundation of joy. It really is. My friend Kathy recently gave me a gratitude journal and I've been writing in it as much as I can, not every day, but pretty much every day. And I was writing it even this morning. And it's amazing because, you know, you can just wake up and you can kind of feel a little bit down or you can just feel like you got the blahs. And there is something amazing that happens when you sit down and you start focusing your thoughts on like what you have and what you're grateful for. And it produces joy. Like all of a sudden I felt really joyful, really happy as I was writing down the things that I was grateful for. Even the simple things, I'm kind of getting over a cold this week and I was like, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not there anymore and then my body can move again. And 
I can breathe again. And so just the little things. And as I started jotting them down, I think there's room for like six or seven, my whole spirit and my demeanor changed. And I think when you can sit in gratitude, you have a whole new perspective to bring into the world and to bring to your family and to bring to your relationships, to bring to your work. So you're exactly right when you say it's a, it's a different ball game when you learn to practice gratitude. Yes. So bottom line is this, all of us are worthy to be present with Jesus, right? That's the beautiful part about the story. It's that Jesus came for all of us, not just a select few who had it all together because none of us have it all together. And so as we continue to journey toward Christmas in this Advent season, let's keep in mind the anticipation that comes with the season as we anticipate celebrating the birth of Jesus, but also keep in mind the anticipation that just is present in life in general. Like think about what you're walking toward. Don't think about what you're bummed out about. Don't think about, I mean, there's time and place for that, right? But as we talk about joy on this week of Advent, focus on the things that you're anticipating that are good in your life, that you're believing for something right. wonderful to happen. And just watch how gratitude, oh, wait for it. I wasn't even planning this. Gratitude changes your attitude. It what? just does. It just does. <laughs> <And> it rhymes. <laughs> it rhymes. That's why I was like, wait for it. Yeah, so anticipate great things <laughs> as we move toward Christmas in the season of Ad, Ad, Advent. And then, as Susie was saying, practice gratitude and you'll see be... See if joy happens. I, I think you will see that joy mm -hmm. happens. And you'll realize that that, again, is the foundation for joy. Thanks, as always, for listening. It's always great to be with you again. If you want to join the entire experience, the Advent experience, just go to the website, mattkinzera.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Matt Kinzera. Chasing Goodness is also on Facebook. And until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together. Get out all by the fireside. We all gather around and watch the snow as it starts to fall it's a wonderful life i begin to think well yes it is christmas time there's no other time such as on the table and Papa wakes under the mistletoe Kids are outside making a snow for putting carrot on old Frosty's nose It's a wonderful life I begin to think well Yes it is No words can express Christmas is just what it That's what Christmas is for.